Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello and welcome to episode number 114 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai, nutritional therapy practitioner, and boy, am I happy to be here with you guys today. It is a beautiful day here in Cincinnati in November. Let's see, this is November 9th that I am recording this, 2020. Boy, has it been a crazy year. Uh, not to be outdone by the presidential election that we just had, or lack thereof, perhaps. Um, it has just been a crazy year. So um, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I'm happy to get a new episode out here for you. I'm really uh, trying to at least get one episode out a month, um, which I know doesn't uh, probably sound like much, but that is about what I can handle uh, right now, <laughs> um, being able to get out there. So uh, this episode for today, I would really like to focus on weight loss. I appreciate all of you that um, continue to reach out and ask questions and are um, you know, interested in the podcast and some advice uh, regarding lifestyle and health and nutrition and wellness. And um, I'm really happy to provide that, um, at least the knowledge that I have. I'm happy to pass that along. And one of the top questions I get is weight loss. Um, what are some things that I can do to help accelerate weight loss? Or perhaps um, maybe you're new to keto or maybe you're not keto at all, but you're just trying to kind of navigate these waters and figure out what to do um, and are just frustrated by the lack of weight loss. What seems like just nothing's happening no matter what you do, no matter how good you eat, no matter how many times you work out, all those types of things. So I have a list of 10 things today that I would like to share with you that I frequently, frequently um, will give to clients to a multi multiple of these types of things that I have them do. Um, sometimes I will have them do a couple of them. Sometimes I'll have them do many of them. Sometimes it's just one um, to add into their routine. It just kind of depends on the individual and what your goals are, what your time frame is, you know, what kind of what you can focus on, um, what your budget is, all those types of things. You may find that one or two of these things or a combination of a few of them will be what you need to kind of get over that weight loss plateau or get your weight loss going, um, accelerate what you've already accomplished, all of those types of things. So the um, first one on my list is going to be number one, infrared sauna. So this might be something that is cost prohibitive um, in a couple of different ways, depending on um, where you are in the country, um, you know, kind of if you're, if you have the budget to be able to bring in equipment, um, something like an infrared sauna is definitely something I would recommend, not only because of the uh, health and wellness benefits, but also for cardiovascular benefits, weight loss benefits, those types of things. So we think about the infrared sauna and we know, oh, okay, well, I think you're supposed to do that because I've heard it's good for detox or um, blood pressure, those types of things, um, skin health. But we don't 
often hear people talk about the cardiovascular benefits of infrared sauna um, and the weight loss benefits of infrared sauna. So both of those are real and um, infrared sauna can offer a, you know, a lot of benefits actually in both of those um, realms. So infrared sauna will actually increase your heart rate, which increases your cardio um, your cardiovascular, your your cardiac output. Um, so your heart, what your heart is putting out there, which is really gonna help to up your metabolic rate. And it's also gonna help you to burn more calories. So um, your body works very hard to regulate your temperature. So whether you're heating it up or cooling it down, one direction or the other, it's gonna work very hard to keep the temperature, um, keep your, your body temperature regulated. So um, that is one thing that is really gonna help with the burning of calories. Um, it also, like I said, it's gonna up your cardiac output. So that is something that is going to also help um, the metabolic rate and help you burn calories. It's much like if you were to take a brisk walk or a slight jog, something like that, it's really gonna get your, your heart pumping and get that working. So this has been shown clinically. This is not just, um, you know, well, I think this is what it does. There are studies out there that have shown um, that it is actually similar to moderate exercise session, um, just sitting in a sauna for about 30 minutes, an infrared sauna for about 30 minutes. Um, you can actually burn about 600 calories per session, um, and that actually is per a JAMA study. Um, so there, you know, there are... Um, there is proof out there. There are studies out there that it really does um, assist in weight loss. Another thing I'd like to point out about an infrared sauna is not just the calorie burn or the metabolic um, uptick that you might get from being in a sauna, but also the fact that you are working on detoxification. So when you are able to help detoxify your body um, and help to get those toxins moving and get them out of your body, um, that allows your body to let go of more fat storage. Um, toxins are stored in your fat. So if you are able to help clear some of those toxins out, your your body will allow the fat stores to let go of some so that those toxins can then go. If you if your body is toxic and, and you need detoxification, maybe perhaps your liver um, is just not handling it the way it should, um, you know, perhaps you have steady exposure to toxins, there's all types of different things, whether that's in the air, the environment, what you're eating. Um, but if you are not able to detoxify properly, your body Body is not going to let go of those fat stores because it has additional toxins in those fat stores. So it knows I can't let go of those because it's going to be overwhelming amount of toxicity in my body. Um, so definitely being in an infrared sauna and doing that. And I would also encourage you that if you do infrared sauna sessions, that perhaps when you get out, either do um, a drink with some bentonite clay, um, which I've talked about in the past. And perhaps you guys have listened to um, me talk about that in the past. If you haven't, then um, I would just say do some research on the internet. Internet. It's fairly easy to find information on bentonite clay. Um, but basically, you, you would just put a couple of tablespoons full in a glass of water and stir that up and then drink it. It doesn't have a taste. It's a little gritty. Um, it's kind of like drinking a little bit of dirt, <laughs> um, essentially, is what it is. But um, 
but it is a binder. And so when you get out of the sauna, um, you have this bentonite clay, you drink that, it's gonna bind those toxins that being in the sauna has allowed your body to release. And so it'll help to bind those toxins and help to escort them out of your body so they don't redeposit elsewhere um, before they get out of there. So um, another thing you could use is charcoal, um, just doing some, uh, either drinking charcoal is fine or just taking some charcoal pills. <clears throat> Again, um, just as a binder, it's another way just to grab onto those toxins and get those out of the body. So you can do a little more research on the internet to find out um, different um, methods of doing that. Number two is cryotherapy. So um, I know some of you have heard of this. It's kind of been a little bit of a, a rage here over the last few years. Um, I started doing cryotherapy, I think probably I mean, it was first came out. I mean, we had one cryotherapy um, place here in Cincinnati when I started doing it. And I want to say it was at least three, four years ago, maybe even five years ago now. I, I lose track of time so easily, it seems like these days. But um, it was just kind of becoming known a little bit then and, and since then has grown in popularity. You often hear a lot of um, biohackers and you know health gurus talking about different ways to do cryotherapy. It's not, the you don't have to do it in a cryo chamber. So there are um, places that you can go and you can pay them. <clears throat> they have these great cryo chambers, you go in, your head will be above the chamber. Um, you, I know the one here in Cincinnati, you go into, um, well, there's a couple now, but the one that I have been to, you take, uh, you wear a robe and you take your robe off. You've got uh, mittens and, and, and slippers on your feet and you're naked otherwise. And you stand in this chamber, they close the chamber. You stand in the chamber with your head just above um, the chamber and you are in there for like two to three minutes. And it is some crazy, ridiculous negative temperature in there. Um, and there, that is the reason you have your hands and feet covered because you could easily get frostbite. You basically, um, I kind of jump around and spin around in there for that two to three minutes, <laughs> um, just trying to think about anything else other than how cold you are. Um, and the idea behind weight loss and a cryo chamber is basically the same theory as an infrared sauna as far as um, your metabolic function boosting while your um, your body's trying to regulate its temperature, right? This is, um, you know, it's it's like working out. Like you, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to exert any energy, but your body is exerting a massive amount of energy to try and maintain your temperature. So um, that is gonna lead to you burning more calories. Now, there have been studies done um, regarding this with cryotherapy. And um, the studies have shown that you can burn 600 to 800 calories in a single two to three minute session of cryotherapy. And that's not even where the benefits end, which is one of the things I love about cryotherapy is you can actually continue to burn calories throughout the day. And um, the, the more often you do cryotherapy, um, they say it kind of builds on itself. So um, typically, what I've read is doing two to three sessions per week is kind of ideal after the initial kind of buildup. So um, when you first start, they really want you to go like every day for a few days in a row, um, whether that's three, five, seven days, I, it probably depends on, on the, the place and the theory behind it. But in general, um, going several days in a row and then 
just going two to three times a week after that is really going to give you the most bang for your buck. Now, you don't have to do this at a, at a cryo therapy, you know, or a cryo chamber um, place. Um, those can get pretty expensive. So again, this could be a little cost prohibitive depending on your budget. Um, and then of course, if you tried to get a cryo, a cryotherapy chamber in your house, that would be very uh, cost prohibitive for most people. Um, they're no joke. They're very expensive. However, you can kind of hack this and, um, that you will get similar results. Although I've heard that they may not be as good as the cryo, especially at more long-term effects. Um, but you can get similar results by doing ice baths or by doing cold showers. So, um, I have tried both and I will tell you that I find both extremely difficult and actually though it sounds like it would be worse ice baths are easier than cold showers um, something about a cold shower it is super super difficult to do that to stand in a cold shower um, especially for any length of, of real time um, you can soak in an ice bath much easier than you can stand in a cold shower. Um, but I just prefer a cryo chamber because you're in and out in like two to three minutes and it's over. And I just feel rejuvenated the rest of the day from that. Now, I also feel rejuvenated doing the, the cold um, showers and the ice baths as well. Um, but it's just getting through them is a little more difficult. And I definitely don't feel like I get the same amount of results from those. Um, so, but those are things to think about, things that you can um, kind of look into and see about doing. There are also studies that doing these cold therapies um, can help with your brown fat to white fat ratio. So um, you may have heard about this um, in listening to other health experts on the internet or um, you know on podcasts, and they talk about the brown fat is actually um, has is a very metabolically active fat. It actually helps you burn more calories, and um, it's you want brown fat. What you don't want is the white fat or white adipose tissue. That is um, just the useless fat. That's we're going to store toxins there. Um, that's your jiggly gross fat nobody wants, right? Um, and you can actually turn that white fat into brown fat, into these, um, uh, the, into this fat that is metabolically active. And by doing things like cold therapy, um, there's, there's different therapies that will really help to promote that <clears throat> adipose tissue, the brown adipose tissue. And um, at the brown fat has a, is very dense in mitochondria, which are your little powerhouses of your cells. And that is really going to help you um, with increased metabolic function. Um, so working on doing things that are going to help you to have higher levels of brown fat is, is a great idea. And cryotherapy is one of those things. Okay, so let's jump to number three. Make sure I'm at the right place on my list. Okay, number three is castor oil. Um, castor oil packs specifically. So if you uh, have <laughs> all of my clients, um, all of my uh, lifestyle nutrition clients know that that is one of the things that I harp on all the time. I believe everybody should be doing castor oil packs. Um, it is something that you learn about in naturopathic medicine. It is um, something you learn about becoming a functional medicine practitioner. It is something that we learn about becoming um, functional nutritionists or, um, you know, NTAs, NTPs. Um, it is, it's, it's not like it's woo-woo medicine or something. It is tried and true. It's been around for generations and 
hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, castor oil packs, the benefits of doing castor oil packs are certainly um, not uh, debated. Um, they're, it's very clear the benefits of them um, but it's just interesting how little we talk about it and I am guilty of the same thing when I first started in practice um, a couple of years ago I was not um, even though I'd learned about it in school I, it was not something that I really went after I guess maybe I just didn't realize the um, efficacy of it so I started researching more into it um, having heard that it could be very helpful to some of the things that some of my clients were dealing with and actually even myself. So I started researching into it more and then started doing it myself. And I was like, okay, this is definitely something I need to get my clients doing. This is definitely helpful. So castor oil packs can help with so many different things, including digestion and um, helping you to regulate uh, hormones, hormone production, um, stress. There's so many great um, benefits. Um, but it is also can also be really helpful for weight loss. Um, and one of the ways that it can be helpful for weight loss is with the detoxification process. Um, much like any kind of lymphatic uh, helper that we use, whether that's dry brushing or vibration or um, you know any of those types of things, castor oil packs also help with lymphatic. Um, drainage, which is great. Um, saunas do the same thing. And Fred saunas are going to do the same thing for you. So this is a really inexpensive way to help with that and and be able, it, it can it can help you on so many different levels. Castor oil packs also help with immunity. So um, castor oil, I also didn't understand what castor oil was and had, I don't know, just the word to me says like cars or like I just felt like it's not the same as like olive oil or avocado oil or coconut oil or one of these wonderful, beautiful oils, right, that you think about as being like good. Um, I just hear castor oil and just think, oh, it sounds awesome awful. It just sounds like, um, I guess I think of like castrol motor oil. And so I always have that vision in my head. And I think that was one of the things that stopped me and just thinking that how could this possibly be something I want to use when it comes to, to health or wellness. Um, so doing more research, however, I learned how important they are and, and everything that they can do to help support your body. And getting your lymphatic system flushed out daily really will help, um, to put, calm down inflammation and um, keep weight gain at bay, help you be able to release toxins, all of those types of things. Um, so being able to do this is important. You can go on the internet and find out all kinds of information on doing a castor oil pack. But in general, um, the really quick rundown of it is you just need to have a piece of cotton, um, like, a, like a piece of an old cotton shirt or um, something like that, um, that you can use, that you can fold. Um, you you want to have like a, a piece of the fabric and then you want to be able to fold it um, several times. Um, usually I'll fold it three, four times um, to make it, you know, three to four uh, folds thick. And then you're going to want to put um, that piece of cotton, you're going to want to soak it into castor oil, or you can just pour the castor oil on top of it. Now you want to use an organic castor oil. You don't want something that uh, chemicals were used to extract it, extract it, because then 
the, that kind of ruins the whole idea, right? Now you're going to be just putting those chemicals directly back into your body. One of the things that make castor oil work so well is castor oil is a very heavy, dense oil. So it very easily penetrates into your body and then gets into where it needs to go um, versus a much lighter weight oil like a coconut oil or something like that um, would not have the same effect. So um, using the castor oil, you'll pour that on. Then I am going to take, I take another uh, piece of fabric or a rag and I will uh, use that as well. So you're going to lay that piece of fabric, the folded piece of fabric that you have soaked in castor oil, you're gonna lay that across your abdomen, abdominal um, area. So around uh, between like your navel and pubic bone area, you're gonna lay that across there and then you're going to place the other um, piece of fabric uh, or rag over top of that and then you'll lay a heating pad over top of the dry rag. Um, you'll put that on your abdominum, abdominal area, sorry, and you'll probably do that for, um, I usually tell people do it at least 20 minutes, um, but 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you can't do it too long. Um, they're actually, you can actually get packs online where you can wear them overnight while you sleep. Um, I wouldn't do it the way I'm telling you and wear it overnight because you'll probably end up with castor oil all over your bed sheets and that'll never come out. Um, but if you get one of the kits that you can sleep in overnight, then that would be great. Um, but basically you're just gonna keep that on for that period of time. Now I will usually um, try to do it at night before I go to bed. It's extremely relaxing. Um, it does have an effect on your hormones. It's going to help uh, produce, uh, get you producing the melatonin. Um, it's gonna just kind of help de-stress you. So I think it's a really good way to kind of end the day if you can. Um, but I would do that, so again, 20, 30, 45 minutes if you can um, before going to bed. And I would do that every day that you can. Um, at a minimum, I would do that every other day of the week, but every day that you can do it. Um, and you'll do that if you do it every day of the week, then I would always recommend that you take a couple of days off before you start the next seven day in a row session. So you just wanna give your body a little bit of a break, give it a couple of days off, because there is such thing as too much detoxification at once, so you don't want your body releasing too many toxins that it can't keep up with getting rid of those. We don't want those recirculating back in or clogging your liver, you know, not having time, not being able to get rid of those. So um, that's kind of the idea behind it. So again, you can find more information, more detailed information about that online. I'm trying to keep this podcast moving pretty quickly, so I'm not going to give you all those details on that. Okay, let me see. Let me flip to my list here, and we are on number four. Okay, number four is going to be getting a good night's sleep. Sometimes I think we just think we hear that and we think, yeah, okay, whatever, but it's so, so important because the reason is, is the effect that it has on our hormones when we're not getting good sleep. And that's even including affecting hormones like um, leptin and ghrelin and insulin, which we don't think of as um, going to be affected by not getting good sleep, right? We're thinking maybe hormones like melatonin and cortisol and things like that. Um, we're just not thinking about um, the fact that there's in, they have indirect 
or they're indirectly affect they're directly affecting other hormones that are in charge of appetite control and um, hunger and and feeling of fullness and things like that. So, um, looking at a at information on Healthline, they actually say that poor sleep is a major risk factor for weight gain and obesity, um, and they uh, cite numerous studies that actually speak to this and um, observational studies where they're showing changes in people's weight gain who get fewer than seven hours of sleep a night. So I don't know about you, but there are many nights that I'm getting less than seven hours of sleep and, and I work at it. You know, I really try to make sure that I'm getting more sleep um, because I know that it's important, but it's it's just so important to really focus on it because it can be so hard. Um, there is a, they also state that a major review found that short sleep duration increased the likelihood of obesity by 89% in children and 55% in adults. So, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my kids are always begging to stay up later. Oh, let me stay up a little later. You know, I don't need all this sleep, but it's super important that they are actually getting the sleep that they need, um, setting them up for good, uh, just to have good hormone regulation and, and making sure that they are getting good sleep patterns or getting into that, um, those good, those good, um, sleep patterns and, and setting them up kind of for life. So really important for that. Um, they also showed a study that allowed 16 adults to just get five hours of sleep per night for five nights. And they gained an average of two pounds over that very short five-day study. Can you believe that? I mean, that is mind-blowing. So imagine, just think about how many nights in a row you might go where you are sleep-deprived and how quickly the weight can creep on or where you would not be able to lose the weight that you're trying to lose. So when you're really trying to hone in on what it is that could be um, keeping your your uh, weight up there or not being able to lose weight, these are some of the factors. Another thing that's important to understand is I mentioned the hormones um, ghrelin and leptin. So these are both kind of hormone and appetite uh, regulation hormones. Um, ghrelin is actually released in the stomach and it is going to signal to your brain that you're hungry. So um, these levels usually get highest before you eat um, and then they go pretty low after you're eating. So when your stomach's empty, they're high and when your stomach's full, they should be low. Um, but when you don't get adequate sleep, your body actually makes more ghrelin. So it makes you feel like you are hungrier than ever and makes you want to eat all all the time. You, you just, it, it'll make you wake up really hungry. So, you know, if you're not getting adequate sleep, a lot of times you'll wake up starving in the morning and that can just be because you're sleep deprived. Your ghrelin levels are really high. Um, leptin is a hormone that is released by your fat cells and it tells you that you're full. It suppresses your hunger and signals that fullness to the brain, like you don't need any more food. And um, you actually will make less leptin when you're sleep deprived. So when you get, when you don't get the proper amount of sleep, your body actually makes less. So um, that's really important. And then I was talking about cortisol, um, it, raising cortisol when you don't get proper sleep. And cortisol, when you have high levels of cortisol, high levels of adrenaline, that actually increases your levels of insulin as if you had eaten. So if you've got high cortisol levels, that's keeping your body having um, insulin present. And it then what's happening is your body 
is never, if you've got insulin present, you cannot burn fat. So your body is never going to tap into those fat stores and release those fat stores if you have insulin present all the time. So if you're always sleep deprived and you've got um, I mean, just think about the vicious cycle of this, that just one little thing like not getting enough sleep does. So let's just kind of recap really quick. So you're sleep deprived. You don't have enough sleep. Now your cortisol levels are up. Now those cortisol levels have caused your insulin, have caused your body to release insulin. So your pancreas is releasing insulin. You've got insulin in your bloodstream, which is telling your body, we have fuel in there. We've got insulin out. Do not, you do not release fat stores. We don't need the fat stores right now for energy. So you've got that going on. In the meantime, your ghrelin levels are up. The production's up, you're hungrier than ever. So you've got all this going on, but you're being told that you're hungrier than you are. You eat, but when you eat, because you're up, your leptin levels have also been increased, it takes more food for you to feel like you're full. That fullness hormone just doesn't kick in because your body is producing less of it. So not only do you do, can you not release the fat stores, but your body is actually telling you to eat and to eat more. So it's like a terrible storm, right? Like that's not what we want to be in. It's, it's like the exact opposite of what we want to be doing, especially if we're trying to lose weight. And, and I don't want you to feel guilty about feeling like you want to lose weight and that's one of the things you're doing. I know there's a lot of experts that I hear talk about that should not be the reason you, you're doing this or any what, whatever this is, whether that's paleo or keto or Whole30 or they say you should not be doing it for weight loss. And, and I fullheartedly disagree with that. Um, I I think if if you know that you are at an unhealthy weight and that is something that you need to focus on to be able to do other things in your life to be able to get healthier to be able to be more active to be able to get the pressure off your joints to um, you know to be able to um, reverse type 2 diabetes like whatever the reason is for you and weight wanting and needing the weight loss that's a perfectly fine reason to go about this so um so just think about that and just and and when we talk about price uh, or we talk about cost prohibitive there is nothing cost prohibitive about getting enough sleep right like that is something that's really easy for us to do it's free you just go to bed earlier um, make sure you're getting adequate amounts of sleep okay so do the best you can to get your sleep all right let's move on to oops. I lost my notes here. Okay, uh, getting good sleep. Number five is grounding. Uh, so this one is really important too. And this is also free. So again, cost zero. Um, easy to do. If you live in a warmer or a more mild climate, it's going to be a little bit easier <laughs> um, than living in a cold climate. I know I try to ground year round and I live here in Ohio, um, Southern Ohio. So it is uh, uh, just a little chilly in the winter to try to walk outside in your bare feet. It's uh, just to put it mildly, it gets very cold. Um, but luckily there are alternatives that will cost a little bit, but you can buy grounding mats um, that you can get grounding mats or earthing mats that you you can buy, um, you can get them that you can um, just put them on the ground or under your desk. You can also get sleep mats that you can actually just sleep on um, that they say will help you to ground. Um, now, for those of you that are like, what in the world is grounding? So grounding or also called earthing is actually just, just connecting to the earth. So um, just walking out barefoot on the grass, um, on the ground, on the beach, um, any of those things is going to help you to earth or connect to the earth, connect to the ground. Um, you're going to be able to get those benefits um, just by doing that. 
Um, what this is going to help you do is it definitely helps improve your quality of sleep and that is going to be very helpful in what we just talked about because even if you're laying in bed for eight hours a night, if you're not actually getting good quality sleep, that's going to have an effect on, um, on, on your ability to lose weight or not continue to gain weight. Um, earthing is also really good at helping you to minimize inflammation and that is also going to help to keep your cortisol down and your adrenaline down so again those are stress hormones and if you're inflamed if you're overly tired those are going to be high and that's going to cause that cascade of issues so grounding is a super easy way to kind of just help um, literally ground you uh, to, to help ground you and just uh, help kind of bring all of those hormones into line, um, help with inflammation, help with stress levels, all of those types of things. Okay, so um, that is number five. Number six is vibration plate. So um, this is something that, um, yes, it does involve needing to use a, you know, a machine, a vibration plate. There are many places that have them. Many gyms have them. Um, certain you can go, I know a lot of different weight loss centers will have them. Um, some even like, um, uh, like derma spas or spa places that you can go, um, to do different treatments and things. They'll have vibration plates. I know I used to go, um, to this uh, specific spa and they had vibra vibration plates that when you were waiting, um, either before or after your massage or whatever you were in there for, you could go, um, into the room and, and stand on the, vi one of their vibration plates for, you know, 20 minutes if you wanted, whatever. Um, so I actually bought one and have one at my house and, um, it didn't cost a lot of money. I actually bought it used. I found it on um, eBay Marketplace or not mar uh, Facebook Marketplace. So um, you can do that in your area and search for for one. I would do some research and find one that um, has all of the things that you want it to have. But you can get them considerably less money than they are new by buying them on the internet. I think I paid like maybe three or four hundred dollars used for mine. It was a Christmas gift from my husband last year. So. So um, it was a really great way to get what I needed and uh, not pay what I would have had to pay retail. Um, so anyway, vibration plates, they are um, they're really good. The reason that they work really well is that you may not realize when you are standing on these vibration plates, they first of all they i don't even know like how exactly they measure how they how they vibrate um how these you know what the measurement of them are um but when you're standing on them and they are vibrating um super super fast um your muscles though you don't realize it they are contracting the entire time to find your balance and keep you upright and keep you um you know keep you balanced on this vibration plate and uh, which is really awesome so you can and and they really just help um so many things so number one i would say think about lymph flow so to get your lymph flow and your your lymph does not have so this is like um the system in your body that helps to just get toxins and and the garbage out of your system it just helps to um get that out right it just filters it out it's like your your garbage filter system your lymph system, however, does not, it looks like a bunch of blood vessels um, running through your body, but what it doesn't have is a pump. 
it, there, there is not a circulatory system to it the way there is with your heart and blood vessels, you know, um, your, your arteries. It doesn't have a pump system like that. So the way that your lymph works is by movement. So exercise is really good at getting your lymph system moving, jumping, um, so like rebounding or which very simply just jumping on a trampoline or a small rebound or a small trampoline in your house, that gets your lymph moving. Um, dry brushing gets your lymph moving, which is on the list here we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and these vibration machines will get your lymph moving. So it really helps to kind of just get that circulation started. So number one, that's a really good positive thing when you're trying to lose weight, because again, we want to get these toxins moved out of our system and, and get them out. So then our body can release fat stores that will have additional toxins and that we'll be able to clear those toxins. So again, after using a vibration um, plate, I don't think it's a bad idea to use some type of a binder afterwards so that anything that your body has released, you'll be able to help escort out. Um, it's also, there, there is research that has shown that they really help to increase your strength. So they do help make your muscles stronger when you're using these vibration um, plates. Um, they help with your body composition. There is, um, there's a study that was done in 2016 where researchers looked at the effects, uh, different effects of vibration training on the body for middle-aged overweight women. So they had three different groups. They had the dieting only group, the dieting and vibration training group, and the dieting and aerobic exercise group. All three groups lost body fat, but the second and third groups, so the dieting and vibration group and the dieting and aerobic exercise group lost more fat than the first group. So what that's saying is, um, it's not saying that doing this vibration plate and doing nothing else is going to miraculously make you lose weight, but it will help you improve weight loss. Um, and it is, it, I think it's an excellent to use in conjunction with other things. I would not tell you just do a vibration plate alone and then do whatever else you want to do and you're going to lose weight. But I would say that using that, um, what I like to use my vibration plate for is in the morning when I get up is my favorite time to use it. And I will just get on there and I actually like to do 20 to 30 minute sessions. So my vibration plate um, runs in 10 minute intervals. So I will just do two to three of those interval sessions at the highest vibration. Um, usually I'll start the first 10 minutes just standing there and kind of letting it get my lymph flow, letting it get me moving. The second 10 minutes I will do squats um, and a, a lot of squats really. Usually I'll try to do squats for nearly that whole 10 minutes. Again, your muscles are going to contract in a way they're not normally contracting, even when you're doing squats, because it's trying you're trying to stay stabilized on that vibrating platform while you're doing an exercise. And then usually the last 10 minutes, I will actually step off of the machine, lay on the ground, my back on the ground, put my feet on the plate, and then do um, you know, do different, uh, like, uh, bridge exercises. Um, sometimes I'll put weights on my hips and then bridge up with the weights. Um, and man, you, that I feel more than anything on that vibration plate is doing, um, any type of bridge exercise with that thing running. It is amazing at how your body has to try and, um, use every available muscle fiber to stabilize you when you're doing that. So you can go online and find all kinds of really cool information on, um, vibration plates and, 
um, different workouts that you can do on those. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do. I am just scratching the surface um, on that stuff just based on what I do, which isn't a lot uh, on that. I, I use that machine probably four days a week, and then I will do some other type of physical activity the other three or four days a week. So it's usually something that I do. Um, it I will frequently do it on the days that I use the infrared sauna. So just to kind of give you an idea. And then on the other days, I might do, um, you know, kettlebell workouts or um, do some kind of an aerobic workout or um, often just working here on my property on the farm, um, you know, whether that's moving hay around or you know, taking whatever we're doing, whatever physical labor that we're doing. Um, I don't generally do workouts on those days. <laughs> so that's kind of how I do it. All right, let's look at um, number seven. And that is going to be coffee enemas. So I know a lot of times when you mention coffee enemas, people's eyes get wide and they just think, ooh, gross, I can't you know, even talk about that, let alone think about doing it. Um, coffee enemas are actually really super beneficial for a, in a lot of different ways. And um, I encourage you that if you are one of those people that are immediately turned off, even just by hearing the words coffee enema, to just kind of take a deep breath and try to um, just kind of hear about it, learn about it, and realize that they're really pretty awesome. And once you start doing it, um, you're going to realize that the benefits are immense. So coffee enemas is a detox method that has been used for generations, um, centuries, and there are so many different people groups that have done them throughout time. Um, and there's for good reason, um, good, good health reasons. Um, they are so there, there's just so many different reasons that they are helpful for you, and especially when it comes to weight loss. Um, again, as many, many things that I have had on this list um, point to, it's often as um, a uh, point of not being able to detoxify your body. If you are toxic, you will hold on to weight. Not only will you not lose weight, but you will most likely actually gain weight. Um, when you have a lot of toxicity, when your body is not able to detox, it's not able to get rid of the toxins, um, you're going to hold on to those fat cells because that is where your body stores the toxins to protect you. So whether that is toxins that you're bringing in daily or whether those are toxins that you are recirculating because your body is not getting rid of them normally. So a lot of these ways that these things that I'm sharing with you are ways to help your body be able to detoxify so that you can then begin losing some of the weight. So coffee enemas are huge for liver and gallbladder detoxification. That is actually what they do. So a lot of times people are thinking that you're just doing an enema to um, physically uh, defecate, right? To go, to be able to go, especially like if you're constipated or people think of enemas before you're going to have some kind of medical procedure or something like that. And while that is true and that happens, um, you will do that. A coffee enema specifically is actually for detoxification of the liver and gallbladder. So um, what they do is they actually, um, they they help to support your liver function by diluting um, bile. They uh, are going to dilate blood vessels. They help to reduce inflammation in your intestines. Um, they're actually going to enhance glutathione. Um, they are really opening up that phase two liver detoxification pathway, which is um, 
such an important part of detoxification. I mean, obviously you have to get phase one down, but a lot of times people are okay with phase one, but they can't complete the detoxification because phase two can't happen. And so then that is when we start recirculating all these toxins. So um, they're also so amazing. Um, emotionally and mentally, I feel so much better after doing one. I just, it's just, they're relaxing. Um, again, it kind of points back to the hormones that are, um, that are uh, able to be released with an with an enema um, it is going to help you with elimination um, so you are obviously you're going to eliminate you're going to go to the bathroom and it is going to help to clear out stuff trust me when you do one you're going to be like oh my gosh this is crazy um, it is going to help you to be able to um, to eliminate things that maybe otherwise you wouldn't normally be eliminating so and that is really helpful as well. I'm not gonna explain to you how to do a coffee enema. You can go online and look up. There's all kinds of information online about specifically doing them. I will tell you um, that a couple of tips that I have for you is if it, you know, when you're first learning to do a coffee enema, you're going to want to do it in like a bathroom floor, um, somewhere where um, you're not gonna have to worry about spillage or any kind of accidents or anything like that because it will take you a little bit of time to get used to the actual act of doing it and getting it, um, you know, kind of getting a routine down so you feel comfortable with it. Um, and you don't wanna be spilling coffee on a rug or carpet or something like that. So um, I would recommend a bathroom floor or if you have a very large tub, um, sometimes it, people might wanna do it inside an actual tub, not with water, just dry tub, um, where you, maybe you put some tiles down in the tub. And again, um, it's just gonna help if you spill any of the coffee out, that type of thing, then you're not worried about um, you know, having a mess on your rug or your carpet or whatever. Um, so that is another option um, of a way to do it. And then also my other tip would be make sure that you are using organic coffee and um, not decaf. You specifically want to use the caffeinated coffee. It uh, makes all the difference. Um, you need the caffeine in there. Um, so you want to do that. And I would not do it on the second half of the day. So um, even though they say that the caffeine um, isn't uh, going to affect you know keeping you up at night I disagree with that or at least with the fact that I do feel like if I do a coffee enema too late in the day then I feel like I have to go to the bathroom like I need to get up and pee constantly <laughs> throughout the night um, so I don't know why that is but it does make me feel like I have to urinate much more often um, afterwards especially if I do it later in the day so I would suggest doing it probably before two o'clock in the afternoon um, and you make sure you make sure that you use a an organic coffee Okay, so that was, what number was that? That was coffee enema number seven. Okay, so we are to number eight, drinking water. Okay, again, I know I've beat this drum um, over and over on this podcast many, many times, but yes, drinking water can actually help you lose weight. So um, in an article, a recent article, where did I get this? Johns Hopkins um, University. Um, they had a whole article on this on can uh, drinking water actually lead to more weight or losing more weight? And actually, 
that is very true. So there's several reasons. And in this article, they give many reasons. A couple of them um, I'm going to share with you because they were exactly what I was thinking um, when I added this to my list. Um, one is that it naturally helps you suppress your appetite. So when you realize that you're hungry or you feel like you're hungry, a lot of times our first thing to do, of course, is go grab a snack and have a snack because we think, oh, I'm hungry. But oftentimes we are actually just dehydrated. We're just really thirsty. So just the act of drinking the water, which is taking care of the dehydration and us being thirsty, is uh, enough to squelch that hunger because the hunger was probably really not hunger at all. Um, it was just our brain saying, oh, I th- you know, I think we need water and, um, and we really don't. So, or, or I'm sorry, we need food and we really don't. We actually need water. So um, that is the number one thing I think it is really helpful with because we are chronically dehydrated and a lot of times we just don't realize that we're dehydrated. Another reason drinking water can help is um, kind of along the same lines, the dehydration lines. We are, we're quick to drink, um, you know, coffee. We're quick to drink um uh, wine and alcohol or tea or things like that. Some of us, maybe not if you're listening to this podcast, maybe so still, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, a lot of Americans in general are drinking a lot of soda, pop, you know, soft drinks, those, those things. Um, and those are dehydrating. So, um, any, any of those drinks are going to any of those drinks with caffeine specifically, I'm going to dehydrate your body. And so when you drink more water, two things happen. Number one, you're more hydrated, which I just talked about why that's important. And so it kind of squelches that that hunger signal. Um, but secondly, you're drinking water versus drinking one of those other, other beverages that do have a very a potential of having a very high calorie count. Um, and those are just empty calories. Um, now I don't talk a lot about calories on here. Um, you know, and I, I, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know that I um, actually tell you not to worry about calories, worry more about the food that you're actually eating, not the caloric intake, but the, um, you know, worrying more about, um, you know, your macros of that food and micros of that food, not so much the calories. But in this case, it is important because you can drink an a, enormous amount of liquid, liquid calories that have zero nutritional content, um, much more than you can eat them. So um, you can just drink and drink and drink these sugary, like I'm I'm thinking of um, these coffee drinks at like Starbucks and stuff that people like. Um, those can be huge calorie bombs and uh, tons of sugar and things that you don't want to have that uh, really are giving you no benefit. And then um, what was the other one? Um, oh, so, and this is an interesting one. Your body needs water to burn fat. So wa- um, upping your water intake can actually help with lipolysis, which is the process in which your body burns fat for energy. So I think that is an interesting thing to um, to note. And they said in a, in a, they did a review of some animal studies in Frontiers Nutrition in 2016. And they, the, um, one of the uh, guys associated with this review said, quote, we are not certain the mechanism, but mild dehydration decreases lipolysis, which may be due to, to hormonal changes. Um, so they noticed that uh, there's less lipolysis happening or less fat metabolism when you're dehydrated. Um, I would also say another point about that and and being able to, the, to accelerate lip, 
lipolysis is, again, comes back to the toxins that I have talked about throughout this podcast. And that is that if you are not able, if you do not have, if you're dehydrated and you don't have water to help flush those toxins out, again, lipolysis cannot happen because your body will not allow those fat cells to go and and release those toxins if it knows that it cannot flush them out. So staying very hydrated and making sure that you're drinking plenty of water will um, give your body the signal that you have what it takes to be able to flush those toxins out and it'll help lipolysis begin to happen. Okay, number eight, or I'm sorry, number nine is dry brushing. So I alluded to this one earlier in the podcast episode and um, we talked about um, why that it, why, or uh, that the lymph system, getting your lymph system flowing is really helpful for helping your body to get rid of toxins and keep that kind of, um, that system moving that helps get rid of the trash, the garbage, right? The things in our body that we need to get rid of. The lymph system is one of the major systems of your body that help with detoxification. Um, so dry brushing is huge. So it does many, many things other than just detoxification that also can help you with weight loss, like digestion. It helps aid in digestion. If you don't have good digestion, you're also not going to have good weight loss because you're not going to have the micronutrients and the macronutrients that you need, um, that your body needs. And therefore it is also not going to let go of those things. Um, so that's one of the things, um, all, dry brushing is also going to help you, um, by reducing the look of cellulite, um, which is really interesting. And I don't know a single woman who does not want to reduce any cellulite that they have. Um, but there are some, uh, a lot of awesome benefits to dry brushing. And I, I um, am taking a lot of this information from um, Mountain Trek, a fitness retreat in House Spa. So they put together a great little list, and this is a um, really good thing to share with you guys. So um, again, the lymphatic systems are, uh, are the lymphatic vessels, and that system is responsible for draining the fluid from your tissues, emptying them back to the bloodstream. So this is um, another circulatory system that helps in getting rid of foreign matter, cleaning up cell debris, etc. So dry brushing encourages this blood circulation and cell regeneration, um, both which is going to help promote the internal detoxification, and that aids in weight loss, it aids in cellulite reduction, and elimination of these accumulated toxins. So um, it does many things. So um, again, eliminates the toxins, helps stimulate blood flow and circulation, aids in digestion, reduces cellulite, unclogs pores, enhances lymphatic flow, exfoliates and removes dead skin cells. Um, It's anti-aging through cell regeneration. It polishes your skin, and it helps to stimulate the sweat and the sebaceous glands on your skin. So to do a dry brush, now I've talked about this before as well. You can easily look this up on the internet too. There's lots of information. You can even go to YouTube and watch somebody step you through dry brushing. But the general rule of thumb is you want your skin to be dry before you dry brush, hence the name dry brush. (laughs) So it's not the same if you do this in a shower or whatever. It's a great time to do it would be before your shower, um, but you wanna make sure your your skin is dry. So you're always gonna start at your feet and then you're gonna brush towards your heart. So, um, and when you're brushing, you're gonna use circular motions and nice, long, even strokes. So starting at your feet and working up. So you're gonna brush all the way up your legs, your buttocks, your back, and a circular motion over your abdomen. Again, brush 
rushing towards your heart. So on sensitive areas like breasts, things like that, you're going to do a little bit lighter. And then you want to do really firmly on areas like the bottoms of your feet, your knees, your legs, like anywhere that you can do firm, you want to do firm. Um, when you reach your arms, you're going to start at your fingers and then brush up your arms. Again, you're always working toward your heart, okay? You're gonna brush your shoulders and chest down, again, towards your heart. And avoid brushing anywhere where you have abrasions or broken, broken skin areas. You don't wanna do that. And then when you're finished, a great thing to do is jump in the shower or you could do um, hot therapy. So you could do like a sauna at that time. So maybe dry brush, then jump in the sauna and then straight from the sauna, go get in the shower. That would be a great, um, uh, you know, way to do it there. Um, and then when you're done, that's it. That's all there is to it. Um, you just, you've done it. You've dry brushed. It's that simple. Okay. Last one is number 10. You, uh, my number 10 tip for helping with weight loss is going to be eating single ingredient whole foods. So I know this can seem like, okay, well, give me the list, give me a give me a meal plan, give me this, give me that. Really, as far as eating goes, if you just stick to single ingredient whole foods, that's about the best thing that you can do. I mean, honestly, not even worrying so much about macros and all this stuff. Now, I think that that's important to a degree. And, and I, you know, I do that myself. Obviously, I promote that with keto and, and this podcast and everything. But I think before you get mired down in the details of if you're in ketosis or not in ketosis, um, you know, if you've had enough fat macros or too many um, protein or whatever, I think it's more important to just remember to stick to whole one ingredient foods. So if it grew on the, in the ground, on a tree, on a bush, um, if it's an animal that it was raised and fed properly, and then you're eating the animal, um, that is a single whole ingredient food. Anything that needs a lot of processing is probably something to avoid um, and or only eat on rare occasion. And something that is comes in a box or a package and has multiple ingredients, I would say more than two to three things you want to avoid. Um, but keeping those at a minimum, even the things that have minimal ingredients, is a good idea. Now, um, I, I also am the first one to admit that I love prepackaged convenience uh, keto things. Like my family is taking a trip here this week. We're going to be flying and um, we will have plenty of keto snacks on that trip um, because the alternative is way worse than not packing those things, right? Um, you know, we're going to be traveling for many, many hours, you know, an entire day. There's seven of us. It's, you know, we need that. We need to do that. It may not always be possible to have single ingredient whole foods while we're traveling. So in those situations, do the best you can. Um, but just, you know, outside of those types of things or, you know, having a treat now and then, whatever, right? I mean, that stuff, making exceptions is fine, but the rule should be single ingredient whole foods. And if you stick to that and you stick to these other nine tips, I promise you that you will start to unlock some weight loss results and uh, start to feel much better about yourself. These are all the things that I use. I use them with myself. I use them with clients and I have seen them time and again work. And don't get don't get discouraged if you try one or two of these things and you feel like it's not making that big of a difference. Just try something else or try a combination of other things. You never know what's going to work until you try it.
All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I will be back again with you very soon. Have a great rest of November, and hopefully I will be talking to you all in December. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.